0: Hey friends! We're excited to be together. Are you ready to worship? Are you ready to hear from God's word? We're so glad you've joined us. It's gonna be a great morning. Can we do more? Absolutely. I won't fight you on that. I would agree with you. Can we do more? Of course, and we need to do more. But listen, I don't think I personally know any pro-life people who are not also pro-women. I'm not saying they're not out there. Maybe you know some yourself. There are some people who need a lot of work in this world. I need a lot of work in this world, come to think of it. But I don't know any pro-life women, I don't think, who are not also pro-women. In fact, I feel like this is one more reason to be pro-life if you are not, or if you're kind of in the middle, you're, I don't know where to go. Because listen, if you understand how deeply and devastatingly abortion also scars the women themselves. So for me, this is not just about the baby and the woman. It is about that precious baby in the room, but it's also for mama. Because it, this happens over and over again. Women who go through the, the horrors of an abortion experience, this, this can impact them physically, sometimes for the rest of their lives. It, it absolutely impacts them mentally and emotionally and oftentimes spiritually. Oh, Tony, you're just talking about stuff you don't... I've been in ministry for almost all my life. And I've sat right back in that office on the other side of this wall countless numbers of times with women, and by the way, also men, who sometimes as many as 20 to 25 years later, after a decision, and experience like that, that has shaken them to their core, and they are still just so burdened down, beaten down with guilt, and shame, and remorse, and they can't, I've seen people crying uncontrollably, uncontrollably about a decision they made 35 years ago. And by the way, if that's you today, if that's you today online, I want you to know, I want you to understand something. I want you to hear this. If you don't hear anything else today, I want you to hear that I am not only serious about life. We here at Morning Star Church are serious about grace. We're serious about grace. So please hear me. If you've had an abortion, if you've ever encouraged an abortion, if you've ever been the guy who pushed and pushed and pushed, and she didn't want to have an abortion, but she finally did, because you talked her into it. If you funded an abortion, I want you to hear this loudly and clearly. I want you to understand, we have grace for you. We have love and compassion for you, because we have to. Among other reasons, we absolutely have to because there's not one person in this room, there's not one person watching online who doesn't have at least one thing, one moment in our past that we don't like. There's not one person among us that doesn't have one thing in our rearview mirror that we don't hate. So we have grace. And mercy for you. But let me tell you something that's even more important and even better than that. I'm telling you, Jesus has grace and mercy for you today. And if you will just ask him this morning, he will forgive. He will show mercy. He will heal the inner parts of you that you thought could never be healed. He can do that right now, in fact. You don't have to wait for the end of the service, some altar call, as we used to call it in the church where I grew up. You ask him; he can do that right now for you. Okay, Tony, I hear you. <coughs> I hear you say you're pro women, but what about those? What about those other times? Sometimes the mom's life is in danger. Sometimes abortion is just absolutely necessary because the mom's going to die. And I, I'm not a doctor. But there are many, many, many medical experts, people who are a lot smarter than I am, who have said and continue to say that that is never a reason for abortion, so hang on with me. Because maybe that's what you've always been told. Well, if the mom's life is in danger, well, no, 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 no. Listen, listen, listen. If the pregnancy is somehow putting the mom's life in jeopardy. And I think we need to add this too. These are extremely rare, rare situations. This is is a very rare situation. But in these situations, you do still have the option of going ahead and delivering the child. And then what are we doing? By faith, we're just kind of putting this in God's hands instead of just taking it in our own. Does that make sense? You know, honestly, we're just kind of, we're just having a conversation here. I guess that's one thing that I I personally struggle with in this conversation is this. I struggle when it feels like there are folks who are, are trying to take the rarest of rare situations and then kind of leverage that to make a case that all abortions are fine and should be legal. I struggle with that because my thought is if that's the approach, okay, well, for now, could we at least agree that all of the other, say, 98%, 99% of abortions, at least for now, can we at least go ahead and agree that those, that those are indeed wrong? One reason I struggle with, with kind of that, that line of, of discussion is because I don't think most are willing to go there. Yeah, but Tony, all right, here's the bottom line. Bottom line is, and I know I know there may be some here in the room, there may be some joining online, and you've kind of been thinking this the whole time. So I wanna I wanna just chat about this real quick. You might be thinking, you're still trying to force your beliefs on me. And I hear that. I hear that often. I hear from folks who say this is a free country. This is a free country, and I should have the freedom to have my own reproductive rights. Well, on that note, you, you still do have reproductive rights. Nobody can tell you whether or not to reproduce. Nobody can force you to reproduce. This is why we have this, this discussion, because in so many cases, people have already reproduced. You have reproduced. There is a child there, right? Dad, mom, there's a child there but you may or may not want to keep that child. So at least as, I, as far as I can understand, this is not about reproductive rights. But again, you may still want to kind of push and say, yeah, but this is still a free country. And as a free country, you have to let everybody believe what they're gonna believe, and you have to let everybody kind of live their life as they want to live their life. You can't control this, you can't force people, because again, this is a free country. I can see, I totally understand why you're saying I, I do get that to some degree, but here's, here's kind of my vantage point. Here's my, here's my, my feeling. I don't, I don't want to just live in a free country. I love living in a free country, and I'd love to continue living in a free country for the rest of my life, but I don't want to just live in a free country. I want to live in a blessed country. And those are not always the same things. They're not always the same thing. I want to live in a nation where God's favor rests. I want to be in a nation where God's hand of blessing is on us. And I, I am just convinced to the deepest part of who I am we will not continue to be blessed here in our country, the United States of America. We won't continue to be blessed indefinitely if we continue to defy God's standards of living. This this cannot go on perpetually. Like what? What, what, kind, of, what kind of defiance are we showing toward God's standards? Well, like, like commandment number six on the original list of top ten, Basically, this is Tony's version. It says, don't kill people. Just don't kill. Now, now, another thought on this might be, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I am not going to have an abortion myself. I'm not going to kill the baby in my womb. I just don't think that we can mandate this for everybody else. I don't feel like, I feel like this is a free country, so everybody ought to be able to to do whatever they want to do. Listen, isn't it a, isn't it a blessing everybody didn't take the same approach when it came to slavery this is tricky ground i know but i want you to, uh, let's 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 put on our thinking caps let's really really think through isn't it is thank god thank god everybody back in yesteryear America, didn't kind of have this this idea of, you know what, I'm not going to own a slave. I would never, ever own a slave, but because we kind of live in this free country, we need to, we need to make sure that everybody else can do other things. Thank God there were at least a, a small group of people who couldn't buy into that ideology. And, and that they wouldn't. They wouldn't go there, because we, I think, especially right now, we, we all would say that is absolutely a reprehensible mentality. If anybody had the idea, like, I would never do it myself, but I'm not going to tell other people that they can't. Now, you might also say, yeah, but, but here's the difference. This is apples and oranges, Tony. This is not the same thing, because slaves were human beings. You might say slaves were people, with dignity and with value and with worth and they were made in the very image and likeness of God himself and I would say absolutely that's right. You're right. And this is part of what is just so disgraceful about this piece of our country's history. However, if you're if you're thinking this is apples and oranges, it's kind of got back to the clump of cells thing, right? Yeah, yeah. African Americans who were enslaved, they were they were real people who were being mistreated and just just beaten down. And we're... remember remember, back then a lot of people didn't think so can you can you kind of transport back in time in our nation's history as hard as it may be but back then again as disgraceful as this is to admit the prevailing opinion for many back then was that african americans were also not real human beings Somehow, it was, it was kind of like Jewish people were seen back in Nazi Germany, Germany that they were somehow less than a real. It took legislation here in this country, sad to say, to even see African Americans as three-fifths of a person. Again, hard to even imagine that happened in this country. But African Americans in our history, Jewish people over in Europe, their history is that they were seen as less than human, something like like subhuman. In other words, not real people. Just like a lot of people see unborn children in our day. And boy, if, if we can't take lessons from our history, that that kind of thinking just leads to terrible atrocities. Now, thankfully, regarding slavery in our country, there were people, there were people, not many, but enough, thank God, who, much like their Creator, much like our Creator, saw the indescribable worth and value of others who were being severely mistreated and trampled on, and they had to push back. Back then, it was also a matter of life and death. There were some who had to fight the fight for people who couldn't fight for themselves. There were some who just felt compelled and could not rest because they knew they had to fight for justice, and of course, if I'm understanding God's word, of course, that is what God would want out of any nation. You see this all throughout the Old Testament. God's saying things like this: God's saying, you better defend the cause of the weak. God saying, You have to defend the cause of the fatherless, you have to maintain the rights of the poor and the oppressed. You have to run to the rescue of the weak and the needy. Watch this. You have to deliver them from the hand of the wicked. Proverbs 24. God says, rescue those who are unjustly sentenced to die. Save them. Oh, this this sobers me because I know I haven't done enough in my own life. But I hope it sobers all of us. Don't excuse yourself by saying, look, we didn't know. For God understands all hearts and he sees you. He who guards your soul knows that you knew. He will repay all people, all people. As their actions deserve, Proverbs 31. You have to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Little baby in mama's womb has no voice. No voice. You have to ensure justice for those who are being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and the helpless and see that they get justice. Somebody say justice. Here's one thing I love about our church. I love this about Morningstar. Among so many things, there are so many people in this congregation. You have such a heavy heart for social justice. That's good. You want to know why that's good? Because that's like God. God's a God of justice. He's a God of justice, but it makes me, it stirs me when I understand this. It makes all the sense in the world to me that justice should start with the most vulnerable amongst us. Does it end there? No. But shouldn't it start with the most vulnerable? And no one, no one is more vulnerable and defenseless than an unborn child. Do we still have a lot of work to do? It, it, with, with justice of all kinds, yes, we've got a lot of work to do. Boy, it, I don't know if you, did, did you guys see the tragic tragic shooting this weekend in, in, in Baltimore. Racially charged, just racial hatred run, running running amok. That should still move us. That should still stir us to action. Remind us we still got a lot of work to do in that realm of social justice and in all. But not at the exclusion of the unborn child. Pray with me. <coughs> Lord, I, I know that. Um, Some of these last few scriptures I just read are heavy. But they are your word. And I've had some people even check me on this. Some people have said, you know what, but but that was for another people, that was for another time, that was for Old Testament Israel, they were a theocracy. The United States of America is not a a theocracy, okay. But Lord, here's, here's what I see in your word. We, we, we see this over and over again that it really doesn't matter because you didn't just punish Old Testament Israel when they refused to do things your way. You, you punished all nations. Whether they were a theocracy or not, you punished all nations nations, you dropped the hammer of judgment on any nation that perpetually, indefinitely refused to do things your way. We could look at the Canaanites, Lord, we we could look at the, the Amalekites, the people of Nineveh. You sent Jonah to Nineveh, not because they were a theocracy getting it wrong, not because they were your chosen but just because they were defying you decade after decade, century after century. Even in that moment, Lord God, it was, there was still a window of grace. There was still a window of mercy. I, I, I believe that somehow our country is still in that window, but that window is going to close on us. That window is going to close. So stir our hearts, Lord. When I say stir our hearts, Lord, I don't—I don't just mean—I <coughs> don't just talk about women. I'm talking about men. Lord, men are part of the problem. We have so often been the ones to. might get a, a woman pregnant, a wife, a girlfriend, or maybe not even somebody that we're in relationship and just vanish. Just walk out, just disappear. Leaving that gal all by herself to fend for her. So that's wrong. That's wrong. We as a, as a, as a church, as Christ followers... Lord, I don't, I don't think the accusation is accurate at all. This accusation that, that we only care about babies and the women. We don't care about them once they enter the world. And I don't, I don't, I don't think it's right that, that, that somehow we don't care about women. But God, that just tells me if there is some kind of sentiment out there at all, we, we need to work doubly hard to overcome it. Let the church step up and remove all doubt. we care about babies, we care about toddlers, that we care about elementary age children, teenagers, that we care about women. You care about them, Lord. You care about them. I pray, Lord, as as we As we have these conversations with friends, with families, Lord, it is there's there's this temptation on both sides, Lord, to scream and holler and throw things. And I know even there were moments even today I just I I just feel stirred by this. Help us learn how to talk to each other. Help us learn to have real conversation and understand we're not gonna get anywhere. By screaming and hollering and yelling or walking off in a huff and refusing to talk at all. And God, I I, I pray, like we were talking about a few minutes ago, I just want to stop here and pray for anybody who has been through what we're talking about. I'm so hesitant sometimes to talk about it because I, I know this kind of stirs up a lot of painful memories and feelings and emotions and yet I also know there are so many women and men who could get up here on this stage and probably share even more effectively than I because they have been through this and they know what it's like God, I pray for anybody who's listening right now in this room online somebody who needs a deep healing somebody who needs to feel your grace somebody needs to know that mercy still flows from the throne of God that you are a God of compassion you are a God who want to draw near in our pain heal. There might be somebody who walked in here carrying burden from five years ago or ten years ago or just last week. Your love and your mercy and your grace flows just as freely to her and to him as any of the rest of us. Let it flow right now. Let healing virtue flow right now. We talk about about physical healing all the time, and I believe in physical healing. But Lord God, you can touch the human heart, you can heal the brokenness of our past. And you want to. let somebody walk out of here today healed in the name of Jesus all the darkness all the shame the guilt, the condemnation the fear and if anybody finds out Lord, let them be free from those chains. Somebody online, by the time they log off today, set them free. Jesus, you still set captives free. Do it again. Do it again. sentiment of, go ahead and wrap this up, Tony, but I, (laughs) I pray, Lord, that someone would have the confidence and the assurance right now that, that that little, that that little unborn child isn't lost forever. That little one is with you right now, that little one is in your presence, healthy, whole, and waiting. And there will be a reunion someday. Thank you, Jesus, for your promises. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. At least I think you're listening. You didn't walk out. (laughs) Thank you for not shutting this off if you're still with us at home. And God bless you for being here. I know this was some heavy, heavy, heavy stuff to kind of walk through today. But um, I'm glad you're here. If this is your first time, if you're fairly new here at Morningstar, thank you for coming. Um, I hope you'll come back next Sunday, especially if you don't have a home church here in the Bay Area. You have one now you really do because we love having you with us. We really love having you. Um, do me a favor. If you're new around here, we're going to put a number up on the screen for you. And uh, if you don't mind, just text that number. Just text the word new, in fact, to that number. We would love to know every week who is with us. We'd just love to just uh, send you a quick text in reply and uh, say thank you for coming because uh, we really are glad that you came. Come back next week. If you want to get involved here, um, like Pete and Carol, we're talking about with our. I love that, Pete. By the way, so Sunday service, service Sunday. That's a good twist, isn't it? Pete and Carol, if you guys wouldn't mind just kind of being out in the lobby and available for folks who want to start helping reach out in tangible ways to those who are broken and hurting in our community, that would be such a wonderful way to get involved. Or if you want to get involved in other ways, come see us back at Connection Central. But for now, thank you for being here. God bless you. Let's pause for something we call one last piece of bread. This is our benediction. We'll say this out loud together. As soon as you say it, you are free to go. God bless you for coming.